Welcome to this week's edition of Island Recast. For more information on Grand Memorial Presbyterian Church or Pastor David, please go to gmpc.org. I hope this happens to you all the time. So just yesterday, I get a text message from a college student, and it's a TikTok video of some random person kind of explaining a conversation that Jesus has with Peter the Rock, right? Who he calls Peter Rock. And this student is super excited. He's like, look what I found. And he shares it with me. And then he shows me another video, another snapshot, a text message. It's a camera. It's the biggest camera I've ever seen in my entire life. And he's like, look what I get to carry around all day. And I'm like, great. That's wonderful. What kind of camera is it? And he starts telling me about this camera. Last Wednesday, we come on campus because my wife and I and some friends, we, uh, we send our, our, our kids faithfully to the Iwana program and they love it and uh, gives us time to have a date and uh, we love it too. <laughs> and right before the Iwana program starts, this, this little one comes running up. She's like, guess what? Guess what? And she's smiling as big, like from ear to ear, she's a smile. I can't, I'm like, pigs are flying. Nope. Okay. All right, let's play the guessing game. You're going to Australia. Nope. I'm getting my braces off in 17 hours. <laughs> right? I have some more news to share with you. It's a really exciting news for the Joseph family. We got a puppy. Oh, good. Uh, just making sure, right? Okay, good. We got a puppy. <laughs> and this puppy is the cutest thing ever, right? It's good news for us. We want to share this with everyone. This puppy is the most adorable. Her name is Kobe. I didn't name her. I know you know I'm a Lakers fan, but I didn't name her. Her name's Kobe. She plays and runs and chews on everything and anything she could get her mouth on. And the boys love running around, and then after a while, they get pooped out, and they're like, okay, Kobe, we're done playing. But when, when we brought her home, we were super excited. We wanted to share her with everyone. We took pictures of her. We're like sending it to family, and they're like, oh my gosh. I hope that happens to you all the time, where your friends and your family get excited about something in, your, in their lives, and they share it with you because they love you, and they want to share this good news. Because good news is not meant to be kept to myself. It is not meant to be hidden somewhere. Good news is meant to be shared. And we, the church, have the best news ever. There is no greater news than the news that we have to share with others in our family and in our community and around the world. I have more good news to share with you. You ready? We're going to finish John chapter 1 this morning. Isn't that amazing? (laughs) If you've got your Bible with you, I'd invite you to turn to John chapter (laughs) 1. We're going to (laughs) start in verse 43. But before we get into verse 43, I want to bring... Not everyone has traveled with us on this journey, right? Not everyone has been around. So I want to bring in some context and build it for you, right? Days before, John the Baptist is announcing, look, the Lamb of God, he's got the good news. And he's saying, look, 
the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. That's good news to share. And John the Baptist is paving the way. And two of his disciples follow Jesus, if you remember. It's Andrew, and we don't know exactly who the other uh, disciple is. And Andrew does some really cool stuff. Once he figures out who Jesus is, do you know what he does? He shares it with his brother, Simon Peter. And he says, come, come see. I found the Messiah. You need to come see. You get the theme now? Come see. Here's where we pick up our passage. 1 John, not 1 John, John chapter 1, verse 43. The next day, Jesus decided to leave Galilee. Finding Philip, he said to him, follow me. Philip, like Andrew and Peter, was from the town of Bethsaida. Philip found Nathanael and told him, we found the one Moses wrote about in the law. And about whom the prophets also wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Nazareth? Can anything good come from there? Nathaniel asked. Come and see. When Jesus saw Nathanael approaching, he said to him, Here is a true Israelite in whom there is nothing false. How do you know me? Nathanael asked. And Jesus answered, I saw you while you were still under the fig tree before Philip called you. Then Nathanael declared, Rabbi, you are the Son of God. You are the King of Israel. And Jesus said to him, You believe because I told you I saw you under the fig tree. You shall see greater things than that. Then he added, I tell you the truth. You shall see heaven open." and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. Okay, so there's a lot that happens in that passage. There's a ton of doctrine built into this passage. And if we're reading carefully, as we read carefully, not if, as we read carefully, we can see some major doctrines played out in this passage. One of the very first things that catches my eye is his titles. Jesus' titles. Rabbi, Son of God, King of Israel, Son of Man. Son of Man is a unique title that only Jesus uses for himself. It happens 80 times, about 80 times in the Gospels. And Jesus is the only one to use that. Never does anyone else call him the Son of Man. And that reference, the title Son of Man, is a reference to a moment in Daniel, the book of Daniel. Now, most of us are familiar with the book of Daniel because we're familiar with Daniel in the lion's den, right? We're familiar with Rakshak and Ben, I mean, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Sorry, you know, reverted to my uh, VeggieTale days, right? Not Rakshak and Benny, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, right? We, we, we remember the first six chapters where there's writing on the wall and Nebuchadnezzar and Belteshazzar. Hopefully I'm saying names that are familiar to you. But as soon as you get to chapter 7, 
the narrative changes. The literature changes drastically. It's no longer the, the Sunday school stories that we tell to children. All of a sudden, it turns to apocalyptic literature. Dun, dun, dun. Right? I needed the, the mic thing. I should have scheduled that with Thomas, whose birthday was last Thursday. Happy birthday, brother. <laughs> it changes to apocalyptic literature, and then all of a sudden, there are visions and dreams and weird things that happen, and I've taken our Sunday school class, our high schoolers through it, and boy, do they have some wonderful descriptions of what they see, right? But in, Jan- in Daniel chapter 7... The term son of man is used. And listen to the description of the son of man and the authority that is given to the son of man. In my vision at night, I looked and there before me was one like a son of man coming on the clouds of heaven. He, he approached the ancient of days and was led into His presence. He, the Son of Man, was given authority, glory, and sovereign power. All peoples, nations, and men and women of every language worshipped Him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion that will not pass away, and His kingdom is one that will never, ever, 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 ever be destroyed." Jesus associates himself with this person? Wow, isn't that good news? The one whom calls us and says, follow me, come see, is given authority, glory, and sovereign power over everything forever. That is who we are calling people to come and see. The other piece of this passage that I think is worth kind of looking at, especially in the context of this concept of the Son of Man, is the image of, or the the statement that Jesus makes to Nathaniel. It seems like he's making it to Nathaniel, but in the Greek, you've probably, actually, your Bibles, uh, if if you've got a study Bible, you probably have a footnote of some sort. Um, In verse 51, it says, Then he added, I tell you, and there's a little footnote, and then it says, the truth, you, and then there's another footnote, right? In the Greek, uh, and because I can read a footnote at the bottom, it says, those yous are y'all, right? He's not specifically just talking to Nathaniel. He's talking to everyone who's listening. And he's saying, You shall see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. Now, we have to go back even farther into the text, into Genesis, to to see something similar to this ascending, descending vision. Do you remember a guy named Jacob? Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, right? He had a vision. He was running from his brother because... Jacob stole Esau's birthright. He was this deceiving, conniving, false person who stole his brother's birthright and then was running for his life because his mother said, you need to run, but I don't want to lose both of my children. So he takes off running 
to escape his brother's, what he probably thinks is just judgment. And he gets tired and he stops. And it gets late and he lays down and he finds a rock. Why would you find a rock? That just seems very uncomfortable. Take a cloak, something, an elbow, anything but a rock, right? He lays down on a rock and he goes to sleep and he wakes up after having a vision and the heavens opened up and he sees the Lord Almighty. And there is what I remember, a ladder. In my translation, it says stairs, right? I remember Jacob's ladder growing up. And maybe it is a ladder. I don't know. Stairs, ladders, they kind of do the same thing. They take you up, and hopefully they bring you gently down as you walk down the stairs. And he sees angels ascending and descending. And he says, when he wakes up, he goes, Oh my, this is where the Lord resides. This must be his house. And he calls this place Bethel, which means the Lord's house. The house of God. In Hebrew. And it seems for, for Jacob a gateway between heaven and earth. And what does Jesus say? He says, you'll see the Son of Man and angels ascending and descending on the Son of Man. It's as if Jesus is taking the place of the ladder. The ladder is no more and it is no longer needed because Heaven comes down in Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. What a beautiful image that we find as Jesus is talking to Nathaniel and to those listening. Now to the the point of this entire passage. The reason why we're here this morning is because someone... Is called by Jesus. Jesus says, Come follow me. Philip follows him, walks with him, probably listens to his teaching and his wisdom, and understands the truth and comes to the conclusion. You hear his joy? Ready? You hear, We have found the one Moses wrote about. We found the one we've been waiting for for thousands of years. Do you get it? The one whom we have been, the scriptures we've been studying and scrutinizing over and waiting for and looking for, we found him. Nathaniel, you've got to come see him. He's from Nazareth. You've got to come. You've got to come. We found him. We found the joy in his heart and in his mind and his life is bubbling over. I wonder if you and I have that same kind of joy or if we have forgotten it. Have we forgotten that same joy and excitement when we first realized that Jesus loves you and forgives you? Someone wise once told me, we probably just need to say, Jesus loves me. And rest in that. For an entire sermon. But maybe we would be uncomfortable in the silence. That same joy of freedom and hope that you and I experience every single day. Where did that joy go? Can you remember it? 
the joy that gives you freedom and release from the consequence of sin. I know that's a bad word oftentimes in our world. And maybe we're just maybe we're just tired of sharing the good news or because we constantly get oh that's that's for you. You can Jesus is for you but not for me. Maybe we've stopped sharing the good news because we've been met with opposition. Philip gets opposition. Nazareth? Could anything good come out of Nazareth? It's almost like Jersey? Could anything come good out of Jersey? Right? <laughs> I've, I know, I'm sorry. I love you. If you're from Jersey, I could have said Barstow. I mean, that's, uh, <laughs> that's closer to where I grew up. <laughs> you see, Philip met opposition, but it didn't stop him. You know what he did? He met that opposition and said, come and see. Nathaniel, it's going to change your life. Come and see. And I know our lives are changed and being transformed into the likeness of Jesus every day. And sometimes it's not pretty. If I invited you into a brief moment into my house, just this morning, <laughs> It was chaos. I couldn't find the right shirt, right? I'm, I'm getting out of the van and she's like, your buttons, your sleeve button's undone. I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't even dress myself. What is happening? In the, right? It's messy. But boy, do we have something to celebrate. Do we have something to share with our brothers and sisters, our friends and our family who don't know Jesus, who aren't walking with Him. And, and I'm not asking you to, I know the big word is evangelize. And I, when I hear that word, I, the first image, and it's a terrible image that I get. The first image I get is the, the one where you've gone to a, a major sporting event and someone's standing outside with a bullhorn and a sign, and Right? That's not the tender invitation that Philip says to Nathaniel, come follow me. Come see. Come see for yourself. Right, we're in an age now where kind of seeing is believing. And I'm wondering if the people whom you invite to come and see see Jesus in you. And in me. And being willing and transparent enough to say, you know what, I messed up. That's not what Jesus is calling me to do and to say and to think. And I just messed up. And the beauty about it all is I can look at Jesus face to face and say, please forgive me. And Jesus says, it is finished. What a wonderful life to be drawn into. What a wonderful relationship to be drawn into. To walk with Jesus day by day, minute by minute, 
Sometimes that road is hard and sometimes it's not. Sometimes it's easy. Because the work that the Holy Spirit is doing in us, we kind of, I don't want to do that, Lord. I don't want to go to my neighbor and tell him to come see Jesus. That might be weird. But it's good news. Good news is not meant to be hidden away in a lockbox. Good news is meant to be shared. Good news is meant to be proclaimed. Good news, the truth about Jesus, is what we have every single day to share. Will you say, like Philip, come see? Thank you for listening to Island Recast. For more information, please go to gmpc.org. If you're wondering, oh my Lord, I have to go forth to serve and tell my story, then you got it. Maybe your story is so simple. Maybe your story is, I was once blind, but now I see. Maybe it is that simple. Who's your Nathaniel? Who's the one the Holy Spirit has been prompting you this morning with? Who is the name that keeps recurring in your mind? Maybe that's your Nathaniel. My charge and my challenge is quite simply, go talk to Chris Probasco, right? You don't have to go find someone. The Basque students are coming here for you to share the story, to say, come and see, right? It doesn't get any easier than that. All you have to do is go see Chris Probasco. And they need to hear the story, your story, your story of faith coming to know Jesus as your Lord and Savior and see it lived out every single day for which you are already doing and doing it well.